This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Let's just go in prayer. Father, we honor you today. I just ask that you help me to minister your word and power and demonstration of your spirit. Father God, I ask that you give us hearing ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And Father, we just give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, they got my little picture up there. Amen. The power of seeds. Amen. Well, uh, we did take a little break because we did a Father's Day message last week, but we're still in the power of seeds. How many people are getting some, some, something out of these messages? Amen. And God is so awesome. So we, got, we, we have a really good message today for you. It's the power of seeds part three. And, uh, you know, the, the first uh, uh, session, uh, I talked about, you know, that, that there's power in the seed. Amen. And, and the seed has the power to produce after its own kind. And we talked about seed, time and harvest. And a lot of people don't like the time part of it. Right. You don't. Who likes to wait around? Who, 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 who's microwave? Do I have any microwave people in here? You just like the microwave. You don't want to put it in the oven. But, you know, it tastes better in the oven. OK, well, I won't go there. But I, I, I like a baked potato that's in the oven. Uh, opposed from that's in the microwave. That's me personally. That's me. But it does take about an hour and a half for a baked potato or an hour. And uh, but, uh, you know, we're in a microwave uh, age and we like everything fast and quick. But it's seed and then there's time and the harvest. And that's a good thing because, you know, I talked about that, you know, uh, that that everything that we do, we're sowing seed. I mean, you know, you're sowing, there's seeds in your thoughts and you keep the wrong thoughts and that's bad seed. Those wrong thoughts might trickle down to your mouth and then you might speak wrong words and then wrong words might get us to do wrong things. Is that how that works? Amen. And so we want to make sure that we're being very careful that we're not thinking the wrong things speaking the wrong things and then acting the wrong way. It's, it's that old, you know, the, you, you've seen that, that, that little, uh, I, I don't know if it's a sign or, you know, see no evil. It's the monkeys. See no evil. Hear no evil. And what's the other one? Speak no evil, right? But the fourth one is the most important. This is my, I, I, I add it to it. Do no evil. Do no evil. Okay, okay. Well, all right, I got a tough crowd out here. <laughs> got a tough crowd. So today... Amen. And then the last time we, we mentioned, we, talk, we talked about you know, your divine design. And everybody has a divine design in here. And we're all created a, a lot alike, but God has created each one of us to do something in the kingdom. And when you're walking out your divine design, you're, you're going to be happy. So you need to walk out your divine design, what God has designed for you. And, and as you spend time with God, God will reveal that to you and show you what you and you will be in that what I call that happy place. Amen. And so we all have the divine design and, and so, and we're all created similar as in our hearts is considered ground and, um, or you could say soil and, and words are considered seeds. And so words can go into our hearts. So we got to be very careful that we're, we're letting the right words in and the wrong words out. Amen. In other words, we need to learn to guard our hearts. And how do we do that? We just, we're careful what we look at and what we listen to and what we think about. So today I want to talk to you about words are seeds. Somebody say words. 
our seeds. And so, so, we, so, so we discovered last time we ministered, that I ministered to you that, that Jesus is the gardener of the new creation. And Jesus, you know, I, 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 I don't know if you remember my illustration, but Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, Mary Magdalene was at the tomb. And uh, the, the, gra- uh, the, the gravestone was rolled away and there was nobody there except the two angels. I would have thought when you, if you see two angels, you would have get a clue that Jesus risen. But she didn't get a clue. And then she saw Jesus, but he didn't look like Jesus to her. He looked like a gardener. And that's, that's interesting that that was her first perception of Jesus being a gardener. And uh, so she supposed that he was the gardener. Of course, you know, he said, woman, why are you crying? And then he said, Mary. And then she realized it was Jesus. And, you know, you know, Jesus is actually called the second Adam. The first Adam failed in the garden. The second Adam passed the test in the garden of Gethsemane. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus is, you know, the second Adam. And you could say he's the second gardener. And Jesus has always has good things for us. He wants to sow good things into the soil of our hearts. Amen. So let's look at this because I didn't hit on this because of time constraints. The last time I ministered on seeds. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 3. And we're going to look at 6 through 9. And it says here, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9. It might be coming up behind me. Glory to God. It says here, I'm pretty fast. It says here, I planted, this is talking, this is Paul. And this is Apostle Paul, and he wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. Um, he says, I planted, this is Paul, Apollos watered, was a, was a friend of Paul's, uh, a fellow minister. But God gave the increase. Now, I want you to listen as I, as I read this through. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants... And he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So, so that's telling me that, that, you know, we're sowers. And there's two, two ways you can sow. You can sow into your own hearts by the words that you speak, by the thoughts that you think. And you can sow into p- other people's ground. You know that you're sowers. And our words are powerful. Look at your neighbor and say, your words are powerful. Amen. Look at your other neighbor and say, I don't know about your words. No, I'm kidding. But your words are powerful. Amen. Words are powerful. I'm telling you, wars start because of because of words. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, wars start because of words. Amen. And so really we can build up or we can tear down with our words. And so we see here we were looking at this. It, there, there's, there's, uh, you know, it, it talks about uh, Apollo's planting and, and, or I'm sorry, Paul planting and Paul's watering. So we see it's a two-step process for how many people want to increase in here? I don't know about you, but I want the most that I can get out of the Word of God. I, I, if I can get the, I, I, I want the most. I don't. If if there's a thirty-fold blessing and a hundred-fold blessing, how many people are on the hundred-fold? Would like the hundredfold blood. I want the hundredfold. I do. Thirtyfold's good. There are some that's not even getting that. But uh, but don't settle for thirtyfold. Be a person that gets a hundredfold blessing out of the word of God. And I believe that this crowd and the crowds that are coming 
you know, as they come in, you know, will receive the seed that will help you get that hundredfold, get that increase. And so, we're, so, so we have to understand that. So we, we have to, the, 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 I'm going to say this, the water, there's two, it's a twofold process. It's planting and watering. Somebody say planting, planting. watering. So it's not just planting alone. It's a two, two step process in us growing. So it's not just, listen, it's not just you getting the word of God one time. Now, you may get some truth of God's word. You may get some word of God in your equation, but then you need more word and that more word will come in and water the word that's already in you. Somebody say, I need my word watered. Yeah, you need the word of God in you to be watered. And how is it watered? By, by, uh, by other words, by, by words of confirmation. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? So, so really, without the water, uh, the seed won't produce. And we know the, the word is likened to water as well. But, but, the, but the seed, the word of God is likened to seed and it has the power to produce whatever you want it to produce. If you want some healing today, all you need to do is get some healing seed. It's in the Bible. By his stripes, I'm healed. It's some healing seed. Amen. Somebody you say, well, this is my sword. Actually, the sword is your mouth. I used to call the Bible my sword. This is the sword of the word of God. Yeah. But really, the sword is your tongue. This is your seed. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And your tongue is the sword. It's the, the word that you speak out of your mouth. Amen. So we, we're talking about that, that, that you water the seed. Amen. And there's different ways we can water the seed of God's word. One of the ways we can activate or water God's seed in our lives is through. It's very simple. I talk about it all the time through Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, uh, developing a heart of gratitude, thanking God for what he has already done will increase the capacity for you to receive more from what the word is already working in your lives. Being thankful. So, so if being thankful will add water to the word to cause it to grow. I wish I had a chia pet in here because I think you add water to the chia pets. Anybody ever seen those things? And it's supposed to grow. Okay. Oh, would have been a good illustration today. But um, so you need to add water to the word of God. Amen. And, and how you do that? You do that through Thanksgiving. How do you pull the word of God out to being ungrateful? <laughs> Being not thankful. That's how you can actually root good word out and plant weeds into your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, don't be ungrateful. Don't be unthankful. Be thankful. There's a lot in the Psalms that talks about being thankful. Amen. So, so Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with grumbling. Okay. I got the reverse translation here with unthankfulness. No, with Thanksgiving. You got to smile when you say Thanksgiving with Thanksgiving. Amen. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, regard your hearts and your minds to Christ Jesus. So we see this. This is about prayer. And if you want your prayers to uh, grow and increase and for you to see your prayers answered, you need to add that Thanksgiving element, which is watering 
the, the, the seed of the word that's in you. It's watering the promises of God. Number two, another way that we can water and activate the word of God in our lives is by fellowshipping with one another and testifying about God's goodness. Fellowshipping, amen? And that's not two fellows in a ship. Okay. All right, I need a better writer for my jokes. Okay, but anyway, um, help me out here. So fellowship. So this is why you know, ch- church is important. Sunday morning is important. And it, it's important for us to come together. It's important that you come together with like-minded people, like-minded faith. Why? Because there's people out here that you mix with in the world. They're not they're not Christians. There's lots of people out here that aren't Christians and, and we mix with non-Christians and their negative attitudes and their pessimistic attitudes and their, their negative ways can, can, can try to get on us. And we're mixing with now. Now, you know, God loves the, 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 the sinners. Amen. And he loves them so much. He sent Jesus. But, you know, you know, the, the, the world can get on us. And so we need to get out from the world and get into the church and get into the presence of God. That's why it says in Hebrews not to neglect, you know, us meeting together as some are. They're neglecting that, especially that the day is, is, is drawing near. What day is that? Well, I don't know about you, but my calendar says that Jesus is coming back soon. I mean, you can look around and you can see that Jesus is going to be here sooner than we think. And I want to be ready. You know, Jesus talks about what the 10 virgins. Anybody remember that? The 10 virgins. Five had their oils filled and five did not. Do anybody remember that? And, and when Jesus said when the, when the bridegroom came, five were ready to go in. But the other five weren't ready. But I'm getting you guys ready. Say, I'm getting ready. ready. Amen. So we activate God's word by coming to church and hearing the word of God. Amen. Another way we do that is by testifying. Amen. Does anybody have a testimony? Glory to God. Can anybody testify about the goodness of God? Amen. We need to be talking about the goodness of God in our lives. We, every, every chance you get when you're talking to a fellow believer. I used to do that. I used to be in the, um, uh, I, I, I wasn't always a preacher or a minister. I know you're probably shocked about that statement. But I was not always a preacher. I was a salesman. And uh, and I, I sold stuff, but I, but people would come and I would always talk to them about the joy. But but God it seemed like he would always send Christians into where I work. And I, I, I'm telling you, I would end up talking about the Lord. I would try to sell. But, you know, but but then it's just all all of a sudden it would be like the Lord. And I was more interested in talking about the Lord than selling the, the, the things that I was supposed to sell. You know, that's not good. <laughs> that's not a good way to keep your job. You know. How you hear what I'm saying today? Talking about the Lord all the time, but you know, also that's why God moved my. That's why my my uh, you know my life has changed. You know, I'm not a salesman anymore. I'm a preacher. Amen. A preacher of the Word of God, and so thank God for that because I don't think I'd be employed if I wasn't a pastor. Amen. Glory to God. Because sometimes my boss would get upset with me and said, "You're supposed to be selling and not talking about the Lord." I said, "You're right. You're right." Amen. But God is so good. You can't help yourself when you're so excited about the things of God. It's, it's hard to contain it. Amen. Do I got any people in here that's excited about the things of God in here? It's hard to contain it, right? You got to let it out. 
Amen. You got to let the word out or you, you know, somebody said in, in the Old Testament, I wasn't Jeremiah. It's like, it's, it's like it's, I think it was Jeremiah that it's like shut up in his bones. You know, he has to preach. Wasn't it Jeremiah? Was he the weeping prophet? He, I mean, you, you know why he was the weeping prophet, right? It wasn't because he was weeping of tears of happiness. It's because they weren't listening to him. He kept telling the people to turn back, get right, you know, do the right things. And they would not listen to him. So he was the weeping prophet. And then they would throw him in prison. They didn't like his words. Amen. And so listen, you got You got to get a humble heart to 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 receive from God. And, and those people that, that Jeremiah was trying to preach to, were, were, they were hard hearted. So the third key to activate the promises of God's word in our lives is, is through praise and worship. So. I really believe that, that when we're acknowledging God and, and, and we're singing to him and we're, we're proclaiming his goodness and we're proclaiming his, 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 his mercy and his love over us, it, it doesn't only water the word of God, but it prepares our heart for the word of God. Amen. Sometimes we need our hearts prepared for the word of God and good worship will prepare you for the seed, but it also, I believe, it waters the seed of God's word. Amen? Glory to God. And so in Psalms 100, it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Some of us, the reason why we're not moving forward in God, we're not shouting enough. You need, you need to shout it out. You, you, sometimes you just need to shout it out. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Have you ever saw that commercial? Shout it out. Sometimes you need to shout it out, Gloria. What I mean, shout the word of God out of your mouth. Proclaim it unto the tops of the hills. Amen. Shout it out. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. I think it says in somewhere in Psalms, it says, let everyone in the temple shout glory. Let me hear a glory out here. Wow. I like that. Man, who's ready to go to the football game? Amen. We, it, this should be like a football game in here. I, I, I'm sort of like a cheer. Well, I'm, I'm a good looking cheerleader. Uh, cheerleader. I, I, I'm a coach. I'm not a cheerleader. Amen. But I'm a coach. Glory to God. Let's get back to the word. And it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Notice it said that in Psalms 100. He called, uh, you know, the word is calling us. Why? Because we're made from the earth. You're made from, from the, the dirt of the earth. Amen. Serve the Lord with sadness. Come. Oh, I'm sorry. That, uh, we don't want, I'm sorry. That's a reverse translation. And I got to fix that. Serve the Lord with gladness. He has made me sad. He has made me sad. No, no, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Should I keep my day job? Should I keep my day job? <laughs> I think I kept the tune. Did I keep the tune? Did I? Hey, there you go. I must be in the, I must be in the glory right now. Glory to God. So he has made me glad. Amen. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God and he who has made us and we ourselves, we not, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with grumbling. No, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting 
and his truth endures to all generations. It doesn't matter if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Get on the right side of the bed. Get on the right side of it. Start getting happy. I know one minister, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, in his 60s, I think it was his 60s, as soon as he got up, he would run around the house praising God. He would just run around the house praising God. At that time, his wife was in heaven, so he was a single man, so he could do it without interrupting you know, his wife sleeping. Amen? So, so sometimes we just need to get up and run and praise God. Another way to activate the promises of God's word or the water to get that, the word to work in our lives is through a prayer of agreement. Somebody say prayer of agreement. And so that's really what we do. You know, when I ask if anybody needs prayer at the end of the service, uh, sometimes you guys come up here. Some of you, you, some of you don't, but some of you do. And what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to pray a prayer of agreement with you. And that prayer of agreement, it, 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 it makes it more than it double powerful. Amen. The Bible says one can cast out a thousand, two can cast out ten thousand. Amen. Just think what three can do. Amen. What was that saying? That's saying there's power in agreement. And when we get in agreement with God and we get in agreement with one another, with his word, in a sense, that's sowing the promises of God's word in our lives. You need the promises. You need the promises to be watered in your life. And you do that through the power of agreement. And I'm telling you, that's powerful. If you need if you need something from God today, you know, get in agreement with another believer and let that person and that and that adds the water to activate the promise of the word of God. Number five, uh, the way that we can activate the word of God is by meditating on the word of God, by meditating on the word. Uh, you know, when we meditate on the word, speaking the word out loud, speaking the promises of God out loud. That's a way that you may say, well, I've already spoke at one time, Pastor. Well, yeah, that's good to speak at one time. But, you know, you, you, you eat breakfast more than once, don't you? Amen. You probably, some of you probably eat the same breakfast every day. How many people eat the same? Okay. So, so it's good to, 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 to speak the word of God over and over. It's good to, you know, it's good to, listen. Can I get out of my seat here? Listen, I'm stepping out of the water now. Listen, it's good to confess, you know, who you are in Christ. Like I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Brother Hagen, when he got that revelation, he was just a 16 year old kid. And he got a revelation when he got born again. I said it born again. Amen. When he got reborn, that means he he had a new spirit. When you get Jesus in your life, you get a new spirit. You get a new heart. Glory to God. And, 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 and Brother Hagen got a revelation that he was a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Why? Because you still got. A, listen, there's an old man in your life. I'm not talking about your father, but there is an old man. The, uh, Paul calls it the old man. It's, it's that unrenewed part of you that wants to still think the old ways. And you got you can't you don't want to resurrect the old man. You want to keep that old man dead. But sometimes he will come up. Does the old man come up every once in a while? And you got to tell that old man to get down in Jesus name to to back down. Amen. To be quiet. So 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 we're new creations. Christ. And how, how do you do that? You start confessing 
who you are in Christ. You, com- you, you start confessing, I'm a new creation in Christ. You know, even though maybe some of these old thoughts will come up and try to tell you to do things that you used to do and you know it's wrong, you need to start speaking, I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. I'm an ambassador of God. Amen. I'm a representative of heaven. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a loser. Glory to God. I'm a winner in God. And the Bible says you're new creations and you're more than conquerors. Why? Why are we more than conquerors and not just conquerors? Because Jesus is the conqueror. He conquered death, hell and the grave. But we're more than conquerors because all we had to do was receive it. We didn't have to fight the battle that Jesus fought. Somebody say, I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. Say it like you mean it. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. Because life might be telling you that you're a loser. Amen. Has life ever, ever talked? Does life ever talk to you? Does life ever tell you you're a loser? Do you ever, you know, you, you look at your life and you're not where you really want to be. And, the, and you got that, that, you know, you got the enemy working against you saying you're never going to make it. You're not going to move forward. Things aren't going to work. They're going to work in Jesus' name. They're working already in Jesus' name. The word of God is working mightily in you in Jesus' name. So we need to meditate on the word of God. In Psalms 1, 3, it says, Bless the man who walks not, uh, Psalms 1, 1 through 3, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Walking in the counsel of the ungodly is sowing weeds into your heart. Don't go to the ungodly to get advice. Some people go to the ungodly. That's putting weeds because they, they don't have an understanding of God. They don't have an understanding. They have some things right because they steal some things from the Bible. They, you know, positive confession. You know, the world has that. You know, they, they try to get you to positive confess, confess things. But it's more than positive confession. It's, it's speaking the word of God and agreeing with the word of God. And there's power in the word. See, this, this Bible, there's power in the seed of God's word. Jesus said, my words are what? Spirit and they are life Amen. to those who find them. There's power. Amen. It's not just saying I, 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 I'm great. I can do this. No, Jesus is great. Amen. He makes us great. So, so, so we're blessed when we don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That means that we're receiving what all the ungodly have. Nor stand in the path of sinners. You know, that we're not... We're not you know, saying the same things that sinners are saying, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. We're not, you know, scorning, you know, people. We're not scorning other believers. Amen. But it says, but, but, but his law, but in his law, he meditates day and night. What law? The law is, is considered the word of God. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in his season, whose leaves also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. So, we, so we're talking about watering the seed of God's word. And I just, just kind of gave you some, you know, some keys on how you can water that seed so you can produce that hundredfold blessing in your life. In contrast, uh, how do we get weeds in our, in our garden? And I just kind of explained that to you. We get weeds by listening to the wrong people. Uh, you know, the, the devil can speak to you. Amen. Some people don't believe in the devil, but he's out here. And, uh, you know, you, 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 sometimes you see it on TV and even sometimes the world does have it right. You ever see those programs where you have the devil on one side trying to speak to a person 
And, and then you have the angel on the other side trying to tell the person to do right. And you got the devil trying to tell you to do wrong. That's sort of reality. Because the devil does, he, he, he works in suggestions. Amen. He works in ideas. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's going to give you a suggestion. He's going to give you uh, an idea. He works in thoughts. And so he's going to give you, and he's, he, he may whisper something here. He, he operates through thoughts. That's the reason why we have to, uh, you know, we got to make sure that if those thoughts aren't godly thoughts, we have to do something about those thoughts. We have to cast those thoughts down. We can't allow ungodly thoughts to stay in our minds for too long. Because what happens is it will start to produce a weed in your garden. And, and it can choke out the good word that's already in there. Bad seed can choke out good seed if you allow that bad seed to stay in your minds for too long. And you think on it long enough. I'm telling you, you think on a bad thought long enough, you'll get depressed. You will get depressed if you think about it. If you think on a wrong thought long enough and thoughts and if you think on it long enough, pretty soon. And no, how many people like bad emotions? I like good emotions. I like I like joy. I got I like peace. I like love. I like good emotions. I like but but a wrong thought thought on too long. What uh, you know, what will get attached to it is emotion. And you have an emotion attached to a thought. And then now you're really in a bad shape. That's when you need a prayer of agreement. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you, you know, you, say I'm a gardener. See, you are a gardener. Not only are you a gardener as in you're sowing seed into other people's hearts by the words that you say. You're a gardener of your own heart. And by the, by the thoughts that we think and the words that we speak... We're either sowing good seed or bad seed into our hearts. Let's look at Proverbs here, uh, 18, 20 through 21. It says here, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips, he shall be filled. This is King James Version. Um, so a man's belly, that, that actually means, uh, belly means spirit. Uh, that, that's what it really means. So a man's spirit will be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. That means that you can be a satisfied person today by the right words that you speak. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, 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 and you have increased by the right words. And how do we do that? We line our words up with God's words. We, we, we get in agreement with God. When you speak God's word, you're not trying to make God do something. What you're saying is you're standing with God. On his word. You're saying I'm standing with God. If God calls me a, more than a conqueror. I'm more than a, I'm standing with God. If, if, if God says that I'm a new creation. I'm standing with God. I, you just you stand with God. And that's power of agreement. When you're speaking his word. Amen. So it says here. Proverbs 18 21. We all have heard this before. It says death and life. Are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it. Shall eat. The fruit thereof. So, so death and life are in the power tongue. So, so death and life can, can either death can come out of us or life. And I want to speak life. Amen. Amen. And, and so, but it's easy when we're, when we're evaluating everything and we're walking by sight to speak what is. 
I mean, you can speak what is. It, you know, it takes no faith to speak what is. You can look at your checkbook and it's empty and you can say, oh, I'm flat broke. I'm not saying denying the fact what you see doesn't exist. I'm not saying that. That's mind science. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that, that you should resist the fact that it should exist in your life. In other words, the word of God is more powerful than your empty checkbook. Because, because it says that, that he will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so I'm going to stand on the word of God over the empty checkbook. Amen. I'm going to believe, you know, I, I heard about this one, one minister. He had, he had lots of businesses and he was going through a test. And he knew he was going through a test, a financial test. And he was going through the, a test of his life and he had restaurants that were going down. They, 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 they weren't thriving. He was barely surviving. And, and he had businesses that weren't doing well. It was a test. But he would start confessing over his businesses, you're prosperous. You're increasing. He would start confessing, words are powerful. Amen. And you know what? It turned him around. You need to confess over your business. You need to confess over your work area. You need to confess that, that you're prospering, you know, that because you're there. You know, when I worked for other people, when I was a Christian, I'm a sower and a tither. Man, that company's blessed because I'm there. Why? Because you bring the blessing in. As a Christian, you have the blessing on you. And that blessing is voice activated. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? Your blessings are voice activated. What are you saying over your business? What are you saying over your family? What are you, are you saying what is? Or are you calling those things that be not as though they were? That's a Bible principle. That's a faith principle. Call those things into existence that's not as though they were. In other words, God called Abraham a father of many nations before he became a father. He's, he called him before he was even it. You need to start calling yourself prosperous before you see prosperity. You need to start calling yourself healed. Man, I'm preaching better than some of you. You, you, need, you need to be calling yourself healed. But, but, but pastor, I'm sick. Yeah, uh, yeah, you may have. It's a, I'm going to say that. That's a temporary status. But pastor, I'm broke. That's a temporary status. But pastor, I, I have no friends. That's a temporary status. It's a temporary status. It's subject to change. We're in a changing world out here. And the only way you're going to change this world for good is to speak something good into the world. Amen. You can speak yourself into the promises of God. You agree with God's word. You speak something positive. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Somebody say, I'm prospering. prospering. You don't think God wants you to be broke, do you? Amen. You're prospering. Amen. Why? God, the reason why you work is not just so you can take care of yourselves. Amen. Some people say, I work because I take care of me and my family. Yeah, that's part of it. But you really supposed to work because you're supposed to be a seed sower. In other words, we're supposed to see and seed can be finances. We're supposed to sow seed into the body of Christ. Amen. And when you're building up the kingdom, of, you're here to build the kingdom of God up. OK, thank you. I'm going to preach over here. You're. <laughs> Amen. 
good. I'm going to hire this woman. I'm hiring her. Let me get some money out right now. I like this lady. Amen. Amen. I like you guys too. Amen. Just follow suit. Amen. And say Proverbs 10, 19 says this. In a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. So he said, said, I'm going to say this. Preachers have, you know, normally they're talkers. Not all preachers. I'm a talker. So this works for me, you know, because I I didn't talk a lot. So if I talk a lot, that means I can sin a lot. That means I have to repent a lot. (laughs) Any talkers out here? Because, you know, if you're a talker, you're going to you're going to be. You're going to be sinning a lot and then you're going to be repenting a lot and then you're going to be. Oh, you hear what I say? It's better just to learn not to talk or learn to muzzle it. Amen. So there's three sins that, that will get us in trouble for talkers. One one sin is gossiping. Oh, pastor, I didn't want to hear that this morning. Gossiping is a sin. We don't want to be gossiping. Another sin would be judging. If we're talking too much, we could be judging people. Even thinking wrong about people uh, is not good. You don't want to be thinking wrong about people. Amen. The Bible says that we need a love without hypocrisy. We need to have true love towards people and not hypocritical love. And then we will be in danger of a sin of boasting. Anybody out there? All right, we'll continue. Amen. It's it's dead silent out there. So a good prayer. How many people would like to have a good prayer to help you to avoid the sins of the tongue? A good prayer. Here in Psalms 141, 141, verse 3, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. So you can say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, put a guard over my mouth. Help me to keep a watch over the door of my lips. And another one is good. It's in Psalms 19, verse 14. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So you can say, Lord, I I just pray that the the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. Glory to God. Amen. You know, the Bible says that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. But, you know, it doesn't say that we can't attain to those ways. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, his thoughts are higher. How do you get higher thoughts? Well, go to college, pastor. You can get higher thoughts, you know. No, it's more than just going to college and getting an education. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's more than just that. No, 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 no. Higher thoughts is in the word of God. That's higher thoughts. So if you start speaking God's word after him, you start, you start becoming a, a, you know, a faith peddler. Amen. You, you peddle faith. Glory to God. Uh, you know, I, I heard one minister said, I'd rather have dope peddlers in my church than doubt peddlers. Because a dope peddler, you can get them saved. You can get them repenting. But a doubt peddler, they, they don't know anything different. They think it's okay to talk doubt and unbelief. Sometimes it's harder to get doubt peddlers turning around than dope peddlers. Okay, we won't go. I'm not saying we want a bunch of dope peddlers in here, all right? Strike that from the, the serve. Okay. 
Pastor's saying we should have dope peddlers. No, we just don't want to have doubt peddlers in this church. Amen. Okay, so that's the word in my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. James says some things about words and it's powerful and I'm going to have to shut this down. I'm almost done. James says it this way. In the book of James, he says this. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. So he's saying here that we all stumble in many ways. The main way that we stumble is really in our words. And he's saying, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. That's why it's good to learn to be quiet. And he's a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. So if you can control your words, you can control your body. Amen. Don't be saying, I, I love desserts and I love all this stuff and I can't control myself. And don't, don't be confessing those things. No, no you, you confess that you're a disciplined person, that food will not reign over you. Amen. And so he says, and then he says this, he says here, uh, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Then he says, indeed, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So this is saying here that a, a horse, a strong horse can be controlled by a bridle. In, in his mouth, you know, he, he can turn that horse. You're talking about, a, uh, you know, a, I don't know how, how much horses weigh, but they're, 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 they're at least a couple hundred pounds. Half ton? Are they half ton? So, okay, they're more than a couple hundred pounds. I mean, about half ton for a horse. Uh, I, I ride ponies, so I don't know. But uh, so, so, so to, to control that horse, you have to, you, you have that bridle. And, it, and that bit, and, it, and it's just a small little thing. And, and, and then to control a ship and to turn that ship, it's a little rudder. So, so what, what's going to control, you know, the proje- and what's going to cause us to project our lives forward is going to be our tongues. Everything you have today is what you spoke yesterday. Everything that you're experienced today, it has a lot to do with your thoughts, your words, and your actions. And you're saying, ah, man, I thought it was my neighbor's fault. No, listen, it's not your neighbor's fault. I thought it was my dad's fault. I thought it was, you know, even negative words spoken over you by your parents, you can eject those negative words. Because the most important words is not what your parents say about you or what your siblings siblings say about you or even what your co-workers say about you. The most important words is what God is saying about you. You, you can reject those words, amen? And you don't have to allow those words to control you. In First Peter, how many people want to see good days in here? How many people want to love life in here? Let's look at First Peter 3, verses 8 through 11. And, he's, and this is Peter. Now, he has something to say about words. He says, finally, all of you, be of one mind, have compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, Not returning evil for evil. Now underline that. Not returning evil for evil, if you can write in your Bible. Or reviling for reviling, but in the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So he's saying here, you know, it's it's a natural tendency. When somebody says something negative to us, we say something negative right back to them. It's a good day. What's good about it? You know, 
And, and we, what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency. You ever get in an argument with your spouse? They say something negative and then you say something negative, And then you both repent under God and get it right. Right. Do I have any any married couples in here that that are walking in pure bliss? Never have a problem. Listen, if you're never arguing, I would have to say you're never communicating. I, I went through a divorce years ago and, you know, we never argued, but we never talked to each other, too, as well. I didn't know what was going on in her life and she didn't know what was going on in my life. And arguing can, it may not be a bad thing. I would say that arguing, at least you're communicating. Well, you're miscommunicating, really. Arguments, it's, it's a lot of times because you're misunderstanding what the other person is saying. So that's why you have an argument. Is that right? Or, is that why you have an argument? No, no. Or, or is it because they're dead wrong and you're, and, and you're totally right? You know, you're going to have to pick your battles. Sometimes you're just going to have to let things go. Sometimes it, you may be right. Just let it go. Especially men, if you don't want to be sleeping on the couch. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Where were we at? Peter. Okay, finally, be of one mind. He said, do not return evil for evil or reviling for reviling. I believe it says in Romans 12, it, it talks about that we don't want to, you know, give evil towards evil. We want, God, we want to give God room for judgment. God can judge the situation. And God can judge better than us. Amen? This is what we need to do. When people are saying wrong things, you know, when somebody's giving you the peace sign out there on the highway that's one-sided, you know what I'm talking about? And one of those fingers are down. Have anybody ever done that to you guys? I had that happen to me one time. Amen. And it was a member of the church. No, I'm kidding. But I'm kidding. But anyway... But what do you want to do? You want to say something to them. You want to come back. But listen, this is what I'm saying to you today. If you're going to walk in and have good days, you're going to have to learn to walk in the golden rule. You're going to have to learn to do what do unto others as you would desire them to do unto you. In other words, you want you want to grant them mercy, even though they may be in the wrong. You want to grant them mercy. You want to grant them love. You should do that anyway, because if they're if they're an unbeliever and they're saying something wrong, well, that's what they do anyway. Unbelievers do that. But, but if they're, but pastor, what if they're a believer? Then you're going to have to forgive them 70 times seven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even if they're a believer and they're doing some things wrong, you pray that they come into repentance, that, that God will open their eyes to truth and that bring them into a right relationship, back right relationship with you and with God. Amen. So, uh, so if you want to see good days, it says here in Peter, if you, uh, verse 10, for he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So he's saying here, if you want to see good days, refrain your tongue from speaking evil. Now, you may say, uh, what's evil? Is that like cursing, like dropping some F-bombs? Is, is that what's evil? Well, yeah, that can be evil. I'm not talking that about that. I'm not talking about cursing. But, it, but that can be evil. But I'm talking about in Numbers 13, uh, there were 12 spies 
that was sent out from Israel. They were in the wilderness. Moses brought them out of Egypt. They came into the wilderness. They were supposed to go into the promised land. God said, send 12 spies out to spy out the promised land. And, and what happened was they spied it out for 40 days. They came back. Ten spies, the Bible said, they, they, they talked about how good the land was, how great it was. But they said there are giants in the land. They said that they couldn't, uh, you know, that uh, the, the cities were fortified. And they said that we were, were, let me me see, I got it here. Um, We be not able. They said, we we be not able to overtake that land. And so the 10 spies said this, and God called that an evil report. So so what am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying to you, saying things like you can't. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Don't say you can't say you can say you can do all things. And they said, we be not able. See, I'm going to say that there's two sides of us and doubt and unbelief will work on both sides. And one side, you know, we may be looking at a task. It it can look almost impossible. And I'm telling you, sometimes we're on that that 10 spy side. We be not able. But what Joshua and Caleb said, Joshua and Caleb says, if God is pleased be us with us, we be well able. And so we're either going to have to go on the side that we be well able or we be not able. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We be well able or we be not able. Who's going to, what side are you going to be on? We be able or we be not able. I think we need to be on the side of we be able. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today, saints? Glory to God. So that's where we got to get to. We got to get to the place where, you know, negativity is going to come. You can't help the birds from flying over your nest, over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. You can't help negative thoughts from coming. They're going to come. You, you may have everything in your life may be doing well, but there might be one thing that's wrong. And what does the devil want you to do? He wants you to focus on the wrong one wrong thing. Nine things are good. One thing is bad. And we focus on the one thing that's bad. I can have a hundred people tell me I, I did great in, the, in preaching the sermon. Have one person be negative, And I'm thinking about that negative comment. So don't speak any negative comments to me. A hundred people. Bang, that was a great message. Woo, man, I got something out of it. Woo. Leaving the service is all jacked up. Glory to God. But see, we tend to focus on the negative instead of the positive. And we need to focus on the positive instead of the negative. Man, I got I got man, I have about three more scriptures. I'm, I'm not going to preach the rest of this. But in Ephesians, it says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Um, this is my last scripture. But what is good for necessary for edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speak and be put away from you and all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ God, even as God in Christ forgave you. So what he's saying here is, you know, some people will preach. You you can't upset the Lord because you're in Christ and God doesn't see your wrongdoings. That's that's a wrong type of preaching. God can see all. And when we need to repent, we need to repent. Amen. That's the reason why sometimes we don't have the peace of God in our life is because God's not giving us peace if we're doing wrong things. Amen. We forfeit peace. We forfeit joy. So it's saying here that we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? 
by being mean to each other, by, pulling, by, 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 by saying wrong words. By, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? That's how we grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, if, if the, the, the commanded blessing is not in division. The commanded blessing is not for us to be divided. The commanded blessing is in unity. That's where the commanded blessing in Psalms 133, it talks about, you know, how good it is for brethren to dwell in the house of the Lord together. It's like the oil uh, of Aaron coming down from his head unto his beard. You know, it's like the, you know, dew on the on the uh, on the mountaintop. Amen. And and this is where the commanded blessing is. I kind of butchered that a little bit. But are you hearing what I'm saying? The commanded blessing is on unity. How good it is for, for brethren to dwell in the house of the Lord together in unity. And when we get in unity with one another, amen, under God, amen. And we get in unity with God and what his word is saying. And we start speaking his word instead of the devil's words. We're going to see blessing, blessing, blessing in our lives. You believe that today? I believe that you guys are growing. You guys are increasing. I'm telling you, I'm looking at hundredfold blessing People in this church today, you are you are a hundredfold blessing going somewhere to happen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You believe that today? I'm telling you, you're walking in the blessing. Let's just go. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. We thank you for your mercies, for your goodness and for your love. And Father God, I just thank you for the precious people here in this audience. I thank you for the precious people that are watching online, having their hearts Uh, There's seeds being sowed in their hearts, being watered. And maybe you're out there and you don't know, you're watching online and you don't know if you died today, you'd make it to heaven. Well, you can sow some good seed. We can help you sow some good seed into your heart to make your heart a new heart and where you can have God as your heavenly father. And so if you don't know for sure that if you died today, you'd make it to heaven. Pray this prayer after me and meet in your heart. If you're here in the audience and you're new today, just pray this prayer. If you never prayed this prayer, pray it. And God will transform your heart from a stony heart into a heart of flesh. Just say this and meet in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I repent of sin and I turn fully to you. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 